I have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. A dream where you, the once enslaved, can be free. Free of that which once shackled you. Free of the burdens that were placed upon you. Free of the evil that once ruled over you. Free of having to answer to the man. For now, this is a time of liberty. Liberty Media. And it sure is nice to meet all you F1 folks. I'm glad we're getting rid of that little guy. Sheesh, what a dick. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. Not just any old episode, but the first episode of Season 13. No, it isn't. Why is he then? Series 13. Are you sure it's not Season 13? (laughs) I repeat, Series 13. But we're following our 13th Formula One season, is that not a No, we're not just about Formula One. We are a series of programmes that last beyond the Formula One season. Made in Britain. And we're made in Britain. With Precisely. taps, not This is Britain, goddammit. No, but it's not just it's that. A series. It's just the word season doesn't make any sense in the context of a series of broadcasts. Now we've established the protocol. Let me introduce you to my, as ever, co host in Gareth Jones of Speed, Richard Porter. Hi. Well, it's very grumpy, that was. <laughs> I know, it took me three hours to get here this evening. <laughs> oh, and someone else who had a hellish journey from West London, Zog. Hello. It wasn't three hours for you, was it? It wasn't that bad, no, but it, it was a bit tedious. Is that why you're less grumpy than Richard? Yeah, I haven't spent quite so infuriating a spell in gridlock. Let us not worry too much about, you know, who spent more time than who in the car and who shot and killed who. Let us celebrate the future that is unfolding before us, this glorious Brexit, Trump-based future. Oh, I'm just going home. Yeah, yeah okay, me too. Right. Uh, it's been nice. Thanks, bye. <sighs> Can we find solace in cars? Mm. You know how people it's binge eat, don't be better they? Than that stuff. Yeah. Can we binge on cars? There's a song, isn't there? It goes, nothing can change the shape of things to come. But I reckon things have changed the shape of things to come. Because the vast majority of cars that people are PRing... I was going to say, I think that song doesn't make any sense because all kinds of things shape change the, the shape of things, things to, to come. come. Yeah. It's just rubbish. Yeah, I, basically, I know. Yeah. Great song. Anyway. Philosophically, it's flawed. Yeah. yeah. Which song is that? Slade covered it, but I don't think... They wrote it. If I know they didn't write it, it so I sounds don't know like it would it. be the Carpenters or something. Mm, no, this if is it quite... is, it'd be one of the less wonderful things that the Carpenters did, if I may suggest. <laughs> yes, as a big Carpenters fan, I like woodworkers generally, not just Carpenters, but the guys who do fittings. Do you know well. what's annoying about that lyric is that it would have fitted if they'd said many things can change yeah. the shape of yeah. things to come. Well, I you think should go back tell us. I think <laughs> the song was written, I think, in the late 60s. And what they were saying in the song was that we're about to go through a revolution. Nothing can change the shape of things to come. Nothing can stop this They were kind of talking about the, sort of the, uh, the momentum of yeah. history, the, sort of yeah. the, uh, okay. the trajectory yeah. of history and yeah. More of the inevitability. More of a philosophical of sort of, yeah. if you believe in fate, if you're Thomas Hardy, Mm. And you believe in a benign fate, yeah. then okay. it's preordained in some way. Mm. Maybe that's what they meant. Maybe they were all big fans of Tess of the Durbervilles. I think they're daft, aren't they? Because there's nothing worse than devolving responsibility. 
<laughs> We've gone very well far done. off our usual track. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Well, it's yeah. the it's um, the age of enlightenment, isn't it? This 2017. But it's um, not. That's the tr- okay. I'm going to shut up about what's been wrong with 2016. Yes. Let's yeah. let's hope this is a return to a bit more of an age. Of well, we're looking at more and more futuristic cars appearing on a daily basis. Let's take something which has stirred up a lot of people's juices recently, and that is the Faraday Future FF. 91. The one they just uh, showed at CES, right? Mm. Is that the one? Yeah. CES, it has, uh, it's the one with the LiDAR that pops out of the bonnet, mm. which I don't understand because... Why isn't it there all the time? Well, because of pedestrian safety regulations. Well, so are they saying, I suppose, when it's popped out, the idea is, well, it's exempt from pedestrian safety because it would never run over a pedestrian because it can see the pedestrian mm. i can think that's the only mm. reason why they can get away with it otherwise you can't have a ruddy great thing poking out your bonnet that's why they outlaw jaguar leapers and why rolls royce spirit of ecstasy have to pop down if it gets in i mean contact. it's a fair way off production though isn't it so this isn't well they will have time to th- sort uh, these things out i think you're right it's a fair way off production but if you ask faraday future they'll say no it's very close it's moments away in fact i'm building it now look it's ready there's a lot of skepticism about faraday Faraday Future. The chap who set up the company, what's his name? Jia Yu Ching. He set up the Chinese equivalent of Netflix. He's got a lot of money. He has a lot of money. A lot of money, and he's trying to do an Elon Musk because there is a model that proves that can work, but is it repeatable? Tesla have worked very hard to get where they are now. Faraday Future expecting to do a similar thing. Do you reckon they'll do it, Richard? Well, now, hang on. Let's just go back a step. Tesla proved it's possible to create a brand new car company and a brand new range of cars from scratch and fair play to them for that. But I don't believe they make any money or even close to making any Mm -hmm. money. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think they're hemorrhaging quite a lot of cash, which is fine if you're... Elon Musk, to a point. I mean, he hasn't got bottomless pockets. It seems like it's a very expensive. You've got to be in for the long haul yeah, I mean, to he, do this. They so haven't like, demonstrated I, long-term viability. But I think this one of the interesting things about the sort of new generation of multi-squibillionaires is that they are, I don't think I'm speaking out of term, and I say massive egomaniacs who want to compete with each other as much as just to do things that will add to their fortunes which is why they're well, all it's like the mark of a billionaire now is going mm. to space isn't it Musk, yeah. that's it Jeff yeah. Bezos Branston but I Bigelow. would question how much they're driven by this need to compete with other squillionaires on doing kind of this big thing that big thing I really think that Musk certainly with the SpaceX thing he really believes in the idea of going to space and he really wants to be part of that story he wants to create the technology and he wants to make these missions happen he wants to go to Mars he really believes in that oh and sure but I'm sure that so does Jeff Bezos and so does old Branston Pickle he wants to make space travel or near space travel affordable doesn't he that's half yeah. his gist <laughs> Yeah. But at least but, these guys are attaining to that. They don't want to be Tony Stark, millionaire alcoholic munitions dealer. You know, they're not investing in weapons. Fair play to them, they're investing in civil technology. But what of the car? What of the Faraday future? You've seen it. Do you remember the Aston Martin Bulldog by yes. William mm, Towns, Towns, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Look Mr. at the Faraday Rudy future. Yeah. It's got a bit of which way is it going? Is it going forward or backwards yeah, about it? It's the bulldog yeah, sure, head. Yeah. 
it's not an unattractive car. And what it does have is that very long wheelbase mm. and short overhangs. That's the way cars, I think, are going to be proportioned in the future as they go to electric power, because then you stick all the batteries in the middle within the wheelbase, and it has a beneficial effect at sort of moments of yeah, inertia, inertia yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And you'll see it on the Jag I-Pace as well. You look at that, as the proportions are very un-Jaguar-like. It's pronounced Ipache. Is it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got that wrong. And that... No overhangs, very long wheelbase. It makes the Tesla look actually quite old-fashioned because that just has quite conventional car proportions. But That's exactly yeah. what I was, I was going to say because the Tesla, when you look at that now, looks more like a sort of Mondeo merged with an Aston Martin Rapide, sort of slopey, swoopy, classic-y car. Whereas the Faraday Future thing and, yes, the I-Pace are much sort of squarer, more 70s interpretation of the future. But maybe Tesla, in designing their cars, I wouldn't be surprised if they factored in the idea that they wanted to make their cars fit in with the then current... Technology than current styles. It's, you know, a, it's a tricky car culture. One. They want to, yeah. At the moment, with electric cars, in the more mainstream world, you've got two ways you can go. You've got the e Golf, which is just a Golf, mm. and, and would you like it gas or electric? I'll have yeah, electric. I'll have electric, Fine. please. Yeah, and that's very conventional, almost mm-hmm. too much. So there's no novelty value. The same with the electric Kia Soul. It's just a Kia Soul that's around electricity. Very few actual differences in the way it looks. Mm. And then you've got the other extreme, which like the BMW i3, which is sort of willfully concept car-y. And apparently so much so, one of the problems BMW have had, because they're not selling as many i3s or i8s as they'd hoped, one of the problems they've got is that people don't believe they exist. They see them on posters and they think, oh, look, BMW is showing us some of their concept cars. I'll go and buy a 3 Series while I wait for those to go into production. They can't believe, and particularly because not every BMW dealer Mm. is an i-dealer. So they can walk into the local BMW showroom, never see an i3 or an i8, and not have any concept that they could actually lay down some money for one. Mm. They've gone too futuristic in a way. It's difficult to know. Go too mm. conventional, people go, well, I'm an early adopter, I want my electric car to be futuristic. Yeah. Or go too futuristic and it just puts people off because either they can't believe it exists or they believe it exists, but they find it too extreme. Well, so it's a hard one to It's easier to do pitch. also some of the more extreme electric car designs You know, when Tesla has set more of the groundwork for you by... By making it less remarkable that there should be an electric car. Mm. Tesla themselves are the early adopter, if you like. They're the pioneers. pioneers. Yeah, they are, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, they certainly are. So I don't know about this Faraday Future thing. There's a lot of murky, quite negative reporting about it. Yes. But there's one way for them to silence the negative reporting, is to get the car out there, show into mm. the hands of people who paid their deposits and see if it actually works, if it really is good at the self or semi-self-driving part of it, which they're claiming it will be, and if it actually works as a proper car. Because as lots of people have found, including Tesla, because if you look online, there's all sorts of people having all sorts of problems with early model Teslas. Mm. It's really hard to make a car work properly mm. from they, scratch. They, they you design lot, it from new, They get a lot get of abuse. Fit, you know, we, we, we do all sorts of terrible things to them. You know? yes. um, and we expect them to keep working almost perfectly. It's yeah. like someone from a big car company once said to me that the modern car is electronically in so many ways as complicated as an airliner. But an airliner is only operated and maintained by hugely qualified people, mm. whereas a car can be owned and maintained by people with no qualifications or abilities whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they have to factor that into the way they design them and that again is a pain in the bum hmm. is that why the tailgate on your land rover defender squeaks no that's just because <laughs> it's a piece of 1940s farm equipment <laughs> yes mate oh uh, hello i was wondering if you could do a quick service yeah what's it on it's a 320. 
BMW, Airbus. Right. And what's your name, mate? It's Airways. British Airways. Got it. Have you been to JT Autos before, mate? No, I usually have it done at the official service centre, but it's just so expensive. Could you tell me how much this will be, please? Service on an Airbus? About 150 quid, mate. That seems awfully cheap. Yeah, well, it's only a medium-range jet airliner, mate. Not some old Land Rover. Well, that's marvellous. Oh, yeah, one more thing. This 320 of yours, is it petrol or diesel? I'm sorry? What flavour is it, mate? Plain. Oi, Des, stop dicking around with that drum kit and finish mending that Boeing, you muppet! Step petrol! We Gareth Jones on speed! I read a book a couple of years ago about the build-up to the Industrial Revolution. It's a Welsh history book, because Wales being the first industrialised nation in the world, went through all this before a lot of other places. It's true, Wales was the first industrialised nation in the world. We had the coal, we had the steel, before England. It's true. Well, there you go. No, it's I just, I, 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 I'm, I'm just slight. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Moving on. <laughs> it's true. But in the lead up to the Industrial Revolution, there were sort of a, several pre-industrial revolutionary troughs and peaks where revolutions seemed to be about to happen and then the companies who were financing them went bust and that allowed others to succeed as they swallowed up. And I guess a similar sort of thing could happen in the motor industry at the moment. Tesla, well, they're in a reasonable situation for the moment, but how long have they got before they need to be making real cash to survive? Faraday Future, brand new brand. When was the last time we had a brand, 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 out-of-the-box new brand in the car world? That's succeeded. The last one I can think of was Saturn. Smart, Poor smart cars. Well, smart, yeah, smart. Yeah. I mean, smaller ones, Ariel, yeah. Tesla. But yeah, they're few and far between. Koenigsegg are fairly young, aren't they? But we almost lost well, Smart, it, it's actually. Easy, it's easier to do in an odd way with a really kind of high-end car than it is to do with a But Smart yeah. don't but really count because they were originally it's a, bit of a niche VW thing. Swatch and yeah. then Swatch Mercedes, you know, so they were just a child of rather than from scratch. Yeah, well, they, they, it was sold, wasn't it? The original investors, Swatch, dumped out of it, didn't they? And Mercedes yeah. picked it up and ran it themselves. They'd given up. They figured they couldn't do it. The fools. Because we all want a Smart now, don't we? <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of car companies that probably don't make any money, yeah. they're mm. smart. Uh, but it's like, as you say, we're at this kind of sort of point in evolution where it's like early days of the railways as well. Yeah. You know, a lot of companies went bust, yeah. lost money investing in big railways here in the States and in other countries as well, I'm sure. People believe, mostly rightly, that this thing is going to be one of the next big things. They pile into it. Some of them make a fortune, some of them lose a fortune. Yeah. So if you were going to come up with a brand down to the blue, we've got Tesla... We've got Faraday. Who are the other great electrical engineers? Volta? Engineers rather than well, theoreticians? Theoreticians, go, okay, as well, yeah, yeah. I'd go Maxwell. Go James Clark and Maxwell, I'd, I'd yeah. go for. Ampera? Yeah. Volta? Um, Ampera probably owned taken. by GM, I guess. As a the name? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Trademark. I I'd quite let- fancy an Ampera. You know Johnny Smith, friend yep. of the show? Yep. I saw him over Christmas, and he was waxing lyrical about it. He's got a Volt, but it's yeah. the same car. And he's discovered there's only 131 volts wherever imported into the UK, so he sort of feels like he's part of an elite club. Mm. But I was looking, I see two volts for sale at the moment. There's a lovely one. It's not far from my house, and I was going... I'll have one of my little... Oh, I should have an electric car thing for the 
sort of commute that I have to do around. You're trying to talk yourself into a new car, basically. Okay. I am, yeah. That's okay. But not sell the Land Rover, just get something else just for crawling around congested yeah. north circular central London traffic. And getting around the congestion, yes. And then it's like, oh, no, no, anyway, I won't bore you with that because we've been through it once before and I always just then wuss out. But I have started looking at Ampera slash Volts because I seem like an underrated car. Mm-hmm. I, mean, we drive it on the I remember you I liked it on the programme. But if you were going to start a British electric car company, a British startup, it'd have to be called Lathwaite, wouldn't it? If Vauxhall Lathwaite. created a sub brand of Lathwaite, the man who invented the linear motor and therefore gave okay. us Maglev. And have you ever heard Lathwaite talk? He was one of those great British engineers who, oh, we think we're so clever inventing LCDs and we realised butterflies grew them five million years ago on their wings. Lovely considered man. I'd like a Lathwaite. That would do, wouldn't it? Do you drive a Lathwaite, sir? No, it sounds it's like too one of those British companies. Yeah. It's too, yeah, it sounds like it's a pinchback yes. or something. It's, very, it's too sort of... Yes. Um, Their last car, the it, Super Special 50, <laughs> finally yeah, went out of production it. in 1952, and after that the company went bust. Exactly, yeah. That's, it's just that's it's that's old-fashioned, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, tweedy. The Lathwaite it sound high-tech. It's, not, it it's the not a 21st century name. It's it would suit Vauxhall, then, wouldn't it? rivals of Morgan, Lathwaite. Yes, they used oak for their frames. We told them they were wrong, but they did it anyway, and that's why they're not around anymore. Ha! That'll teach them. All this new stuff that's emerging is changing the shape of the motor industry. Because if you wanted to see a car launch in the past, you'd go to Geneva, you'd go to Detroit, you'd go to... Do you remember when Britain had a decent motor show that wasn't the Goodwood Festival of Speed? Yeah. Yeah. Or what used to have an Earl's Court even. Oh, yes, mm. or XL. Which has been knocked down, hasn't it? Earl's Court? Yeah. Has it? Really? Yeah. Well, wow. in the process the of whole... knocking it down, yeah. The, yeah. the Earl's Court Exhibition yeah. Centre? Yeah, the wow. motor show was such a failure there, they've had to knock the building down. To erase the memory. Yeah, right. but then it was also okay. at the Birmingham NEC, and that was no better. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Shame about the British motor show. So, but... motor shows, certainly in Britain, have mostly failed. And I've noticed that the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, which used to be just a video game event when I started covering it years ago, it's now become more and more of a car event. Oh, two reasons for that, I'd say. First of all, everything is software now. Exactly. It's just, you know, it's the fact that software is at the heart of so much of this stuff. And so, of course, a lot of those companies who would have been at CES for years are heavily involved in new cars. Mm. But also, because we're largely talking about new electric vehicles here, mostly, the fact is that the traditional motor industry has not been very welcoming to the new electric vehicle manufacturers. Mm-hmm. In fact, they've been really very hostile. Tesla have had quite a big legal fight in the States with the auto industry because their plan to sell cars direct to the customer through their own showrooms and through whatever other means they might sell direct to people. It seems like that in some way technically is against some bit of legislation that has to do with selling cars in the States. Mm. And the auto industry has been fighting Tesla in order to force them to sell cars the way that they're selling cars Mm -hmm. through dealers. Speaking of which, yeah, that's about the gist of it. Yeah, these big, powerful dealer groups, basically, because they're terrified, Tesla have found a way to cut them out. Yeah. And good. 
idle, greedy, grasping swines that they are. Richard, have you had a bad experience with a dealership recently? Uh, yeah, I have, but only with the service department. The sales department <laughs> actually very, very good, I should mean. Um, but did you see, because car dealers are doomed ultimately, and in some cases good, last week Hyundai announced you can now just buy one of their cars off the website. Mm. And they're not really? the first no. Korean company to do that. Do you remember that was Dayu's whole shtick when Dayu first appeared in the country? There were no Dayu dealerships. It was all bought... From, I think it was Mailord. Well, no, it was a little bit different because it was kind of pre widespread internet. So yeah. was, they were selling them through Halfords, but it was Halfords. more like a shop mentality. So yeah. you went in, you went, I'll have a green one. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have uh, five litres of oil. And uh, a car that looks um, a bit like an Astra. Yeah, yeah, and you have to buy it in component form because Halfords only sell components. Yeah, have you got the wheels to, uh, what was it called, the new beerer? New beer. What sort of name was that for a car anyway? The cars were perfectly fine. They sold them as GMs elsewhere in the world, didn't they? But they just didn't catch uh, up. Oh, yeah. I, was just, I found that Hyundai thing quite interesting because that is, I think, the first time. And they've been trying it with Rycar and stuff. We're trying to do it a little bit. And Virgin Cars yeah. years ago tried to yeah, do it. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, quite, yeah. I worked for them. And it was a little bit ahead of its time and mm. too ahead of its time. And that's why it didn't quite work. But this Hyundai thing now, you go, that's really interesting. But the trouble is, I always think people get home drunk and accidentally buy an I-20 or something. <laughs> I don't know how much the cooling off period is. Yeah. Well, my mate C, who one day opened his front door, there's a courier there, this massive box. He took it inside, he opened it up, there were two Japanese ceremonial swords in there. And he went, oh my God, this is some kind of coded threat. I've upset, I don't know, the triads or something. This is terrifying. Oh my God. And it was only when he happened to check his credit card statement and he realised that he'd ordered them himself and he was pissed. You know what, Richard? Your <laughs> current employer are the perfect people to take advantage of this. If you think about it... What, drunk know, Amazon? Yeah, drunk Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. I suspect paying, that, that is a... Paying for the grand tour, yeah. you know, dealing with cars. If you mm-hmm. were to advertise cars, you could click through and buy any of the vehicles and have it delivered with a drone... To your front door well, by Amazon within 30 seconds. Amazon have already put their toe into the water in the US with selling cars. Yeah. Yeah. Tie up with, oh, was it Cadillac, I think? Or really? Chrysler? Oh, God, I can't remember now. Yeah, just as an experiment. I don't yeah. think it's nationwide, but they were just trying it out. It's no great secret, the Grand Tour is just a three-year deal for the initial thing. The Grand Tour is not some kind of bridgehead for Amazon to start selling cars in the UK. It mm. won't happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. But you make a good point that it's also no secret that part of the future of their tech is that you'll be able to press a button on your remote you'll see if you're watching a movie say that Kevin Spacey is wearing a Hugo Boss suit and then think I'll have that suit please. Or Kevin mm. Spacey. I'd like Kevin Spacey <laughs> please delivered to my mm. door. So yeah this is why car dealers are doomed because mm. once you get one of the big lads like Amazon. Tesco are trying selling cars for a while well, aren't they, as well so well, once they start wading in Almost all of your physical stuff, almost all of your sort of, you know, high street or whatever, you know, physical sales channels, unless it's really sort of quite specialised things or things where you really want to go and spend your time on this thing, mm. of course it is all going to go online. You know? The only thing, thing is, what we found with Virgin Cars, because I did work for them for a while, is that people still want to poke around a car and sit in it and test yeah. drive it yeah. Yeah. before they commit because it's hey, a huge amount of money. Go to CES, that's where all the cars are then. Well, apparently <laughs> so. But that's the only thing. So Virgin had this thing where you could ring up or go online and then they would bring a car around to you to test drive. But it's logistically really difficult to do. Give it five years and better haptic technology, yeah. more immersive VR stuff. You're just going to yeah. put your goggles on, put your haptic gloves on, and you'll be able to rummage around in that second-hand or new car to your heart's content. Ooh, so I don't want to rummage in a second-hand I was car. Just, I go, oh, yeah. man, it's something sticky. Something <laughs> virtually no, but, sticky. But this is perfect because you get to see whether it's sticky or not without your hand actually having to get uh, in contact with the sticky. You won't need a test drive. 
Because you won't be driving the car. Because it'll be autonomous. That's true, yeah. Mm. The new Lathwaite Super Special 50. With modern features, including anti-lock doors. Intermittent windscreen. And central looking. Plus, leather upholstery, even for the wife's seat. With a five square cubit engine producing 19 horses and capable of covering seven furlongs and just a jigger of ventilation, she's a sporty little number and no mistake. If you've enjoyed one of Lathwaite's previous five motoring cars, you're sure to enjoy the Super Special 50. Especially since this one has brakes. Sometimes. Ah! Gareth Jones on speed. I'm always impressed if you read an article and it starts with a quote from history or a poem or something like that that's what proper academics do so i'm going to start to start this section here with a quote the quote is from mark fields who is the president and chief executive of the ford motor company and i saw him say this on telly the other day made the news i was very pleased to see ford in the news but he said all of these factors coupled with segmentation ships we are seeing in the marketplace and our effort to fully utilize the capacity of its existing facilities have prompted us to invest in flat rocks expansion and cancel building new plants in mexico so that's mark fields talking about ford's well, to some surprising decision to invest in America and not Mexico. But my favourite bit is the word segmentation ships. Yeah, that's not my yeah. favourite. That's another beautiful example of Ford going forward with their lovely corporate speak. I love that. So, <laughs> so here's the translation of that. Yeah. People aren't buying small cars in the US because petrol prices are consistently low at the yeah. moment. So they're going back to buying bigger stuff and trucks. Correct. So Ford doesn't need a massive factory in Mexico to make smaller cars. Yes. It can concentrate its efforts on what it's got. No point in building a new factory wherever it is when you have an existing factory that for a lot less money could be reconfigured to make stuff. What they haven't mentioned yeah, is all focus production is going down to Mexico. Yeah. Mm. All of it. Previously yeah. some made in the US. They've soft-pedaled that. But really, all they're doing is then amping up the positive bit of this decision they made weeks and months ago because big companies don't make decisions like that on something as massive as this, particularly not yeah. Ford, because they're not silly with their money. <laughs> Only American giant that didn't need a bailout in the end. I'll yeah, Ford that. managed they it, it without. That's right. Yeah. Similarly, so, BMW said the same thing. BMW were made a fantastic... Is it Ian Phillips, who's the Brit-born head of sales and marketing for BMW, talking at Detroit? Yeah, Rob Robertson. Robertson. Yeah. He said that, well, you know, we have a long long-term manufacturing strategy we've thought about this and we have a flexible system where we can build any car at any plant on any line yeah he was driving home i think the point that trumponomics will not affect the megalith that is bmw they have their own inertia mm. well here's the other well, bit of the ford announcement i think is quite interesting is the fact they are moving the focus entirely down to mexico they still need to bring those cars over the border, not necessarily in the quantities that they thought they would have for overall focus demand as long as petrol stays low. Mm -hmm. but they do still need to bring cars over the border. So they've just given Trump a little bit of a PR gift. It's 
PR gift for themselves because it makes them look like the heroes, makes them look like they're trying to do their bit to make America great again, whatever that means. And <laughs> Trump can play off it as well. But in return, Ford will want some say over these threatened tariffs. And they will go in and go, Mr. President, you know how we made you look really good back in January? Well, hey, let's just go easy on these tariffs, shall we? Hang on a moment, Richard. That sounds like the Brexit Nissan May deal in Washington time away. Exactly the same sort of thing that happened there. What, you mean a complete load of bull to make politicians look like they know what they're doing? Yes, Uh, because we know they don't. It would assume that Trump was the kind of person that would deal fairly and listen to a (laughs) rational argument. You know, know, the speed with which he's entirely dissociated himself you know, things that he's said very loudly and clearly and unambiguously, just because it suits him right now, mm. you know, tells you that you shouldn't expect him to... You're going to get a tweet about you now. Zarg is totally overrated. Yeah, and, never liked and please, and yeah. please, and please... Can so we, sad. Can we all find... If only we could all find ways to make him waste just a little bit more of his so precious time tweeting Tweet, at 60 year really. old. Yeah, yeah. School children yeah. or whoever else he just happens to have come across. Man. He is slipperier uh, than a 10-year-old cross-ply tyre on a Morris Minor on <laughs> ice, isn't he? Shocking man. Yeah. Baffling. The other quote, Nissan, who are also showcasing cars at CES, said that they're using NASA tech experts to develop autonomy in their cars. Who say, NASA say this on behalf of Nissan, hmm. they expect that most driving jobs will be eliminated in coming years as autonomous vehicles are able to drive safer and for lower price and humans. While this will bring some positive effects to our world, they say, it will also leave many people jobless. I think that's unquestionably true. Do they mean us? Do they mean journalists who review cars? They're not the first people that have said that. No, I mean, that's true of everything, though, isn't it? I mean, actually, just in the past few weeks, some Japanese civil servants were replaced by automated systems that are advanced enough to make value judgments on things. And this is just the way that it's going to go. Some traders Mechanisation and automation are just going to... Yeah, some city traders have been replaced by bots. Audi... more, More and more stuff. Audi are experimenting with autonomous forklifts at the moment in their factory. Rather than have drivers, they've turned all their forklifts over to autonomy and the software and what they're learning from that they're going to put into their cars, apparently. Mm. Well, I rather suspect that the smooth, even, predictable floor of a factory, mm. you know, highly ordered, is quite oh, different yeah. to the software that cars would need in oh, the yeah. real yeah, world. Yeah, there's far fewer variables, I guess, isn't there? Yeah. Just to make sure you don't run over stuff. We were filming the Grand Tour on the docks at Rotterdam, mm-hmm. and there's trucks that move containers around there, and I think they have a degree of autonomy as well. They just, mm. You just see them cruising. Particularly mm. the empty ones are particularly spooky because they just sort of silently move. But they were on the opposite side from where we were. We were sort of watching them from afar. And you couldn't see any people over there. You just saw machines going about their business. It's fascinating. Uh, it Skynet. And do you know what? They, they told me that the central controller for the machines was located in Hong Kong. Dun, dun, oh, really? Dun. Yeah. At least it's on Earth, not in orbit, like Skynet. Was, we needed to get something noisy turned off because they promised us that we'd make any noise. And they were making noise on a weekend. And we said to the guy who managed the place, could we get that turned off? And he went, well, yeah, I'll have to ring Hong Kong and get them to do it. There. Really? <laughs> it's like, wow. But the actually, amazing. you could get quicker control actually from something in space, given that you could be only 300 miles away in mm, space exactly. in low Earth orbit. Well, yeah. funny. Hong Kong, a few thousand miles. Funny you should say that, because that NASA tech, the autonomy that Nissan are setting out to achieve, is using a NASA tech, is it called SAM? Do you remember when Tim Peake operated a rover from the ISS. The rover was in Cambridge yeah, at the, uh, the Mars Yard. I think, I think the robot was Eurobot, and that, I think, was part of ESA's Meteron. 
program. Mm. But the uh, software application or the whole project was called SAM, which I think stands for something like Seamless Autonomous Mobility. And so more and more autonomy will actually be done mm. from space. But th- some of the stuff for yeah, well, autonomous cars are slightly contingent, I believe, and I saw this in some of the coverage of CES, on the next generation mobile phone technology, 5G. Because it needs that car-to-car communication as part of, of the yep. whole Swarming. mesh of, mm. of it that cars warn each other about other things. Can I just bring things clunking back to the present or possibly even slight past yes. with the Detroit show, which is on this oh, week, just, just after right CES, yeah. and it's yeah. sort of you know the future, and then I don't know what you'd call it, but sort of not it's so lo- far well, future. I mean, there's lots of in- interesting high-techy stuff. New Lexus LS. Have you seen this? Oh yes, tremendous looking mm. thing. Long, long, but long, but with a great deal of presence and yet very sort of elegant. Long. Almost, I don't think it looks like a Jack, but it has that sort of it has that quality. That, yes, it's lower. It's much lower than the old one. And wider and longer. And wider. And yeah. even that they've taken down, not just the roof line is lower, but then the commensurate bonnet and boot have gone down. So the whole thing has this litheness to it. And no the interior V8. looks tremendous. No, no V6. V8. That's yeah. a worry, because I swear that Toyota still makes straight sixes. And you cannot beat a straight six for smoothness. Mm. Hey. I can vouch for well, that. Exactly. I've got one in so my motor outside. So I was ashamed about that, that, but I guess there's probably some efficiency and packaging reasons why it's a V6 with a hybrid on it. But it looks tremendous. The interior looks really, look good. really good. Yeah. And the other one, which is very old school, is Kia. That new saloon they've done. Stinger. Two Great things name. about that. First of all, it's like they've just gone back to the future. It's a big rear-wheel drive saloon with a turbocharged V6 petrol engine in it. It sounds fantastic and very old-fashioned in concept, but mm. it looks great. Also... It's the best-looking Kia. I think so. Look, it's just, yeah, it's no question. And I mean, is it the point where people really sort of go... Because already, I think, Kia are taken quite seriously because they make good cars. But, yeah. but this is the point where they can kind of go, ooh, actually, actually it's quite nice. It's a bit generic, but it's really nicely done. It's, it's a good-looking yes, car, but, but it could be improved. Look at the rear. Just look at the detail of the C-pillar and where it finishes. It's screaming out for the Jensen Intercept to bubble back. You look at that line, it's as if they've just taken the bubble back off an Interceptor. Mm. And if you put that back on there, I'd buy a Kia straight away. Well, I'd buy one just for the name, because I think for too long now, cars have had quite sanitised names, and often it's just letters and numbers Mm. and things like that. A car with a proper fighty, silly name. name. Stinger. I like it for that alone. And I know it's probably just the dying gasps of old cars and old technology. And there will never be an electric car called the Stinger. But let's enjoy it while we can. Let's embrace it. Richard, is that why you've just put a deposit on the new Ford mother death? No, because I decided to get a Vauxhall thrust hammer in the end. Good choice. <laughs> and there's that interesting meeting of technology and retro with that VW microbus sort of yeah. pastiche. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating because it- part of that, that I think we all fondly remember VW Campus. It's an iconic mm. vehicle. Even if you're not really mm. a dyed-in-the-wool hippie, mm. I can see this is making I just don't like incredibly <laughs> nerd. Like OK, well, everyone apart from... Rich- I know. I think, that, I think they're terrific. Yeah, they're talking about that being an autonomous vehicle. Now, that is the perfect vehicle to be a self-driving vehicle. You know, you can go in the back and have you a and brew. Your, you and your mates exactly. in the back, you know, yeah, playing cards. Yeah. You Did know, you sex. see the interior photos of it as well? Because it has no steering wheel, at least in the shot. I don't know whether it retracts or something, but the interior looked really weird, like there's something missing. Well, because the, the steering wheel. wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just looks freaky. It's like someone who in- hasn't got any nose. Oh, it's yeah. interesting, though. That vehicle has evolved since it first appeared as a concept many, many years ago, and it looked a lot more modern when it was a concept. Now it's getting closer to production. It looks more like the old VW. Now, mm. VW have an identity problem at the moment, don't they? They're desperately trying to distance themselves from evil diesel, and they're focusing on electric cars, 
the green petrol cars. That's a big part of their target at the moment. It seems as along with that package is VW's heritage. That microbus looks more like a microbus than it used to. Forget we were evil with diesel. Just remember our Nazi association. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll yes. swing it every time. Do you know time. why it looks yeah. more like the original microbus now in its electric form than it did in the previous concept? It's Split because, windscreen? Other no, because it's got a flatter in. front because it doesn't yeah. have to have the engine up there. Yeah. More importantly, it doesn't have Ooh. to have enough radiator yeah. Yeah. and then have enough space for pedestrian yeah. impact. All that goes, because yeah. you can put the electric motors down, the batteries down everywhere out of the way, it means yeah. they can flatten off the front again. So it looks much more like an old air-cooled rear engine thing. Don't mm. you think that the people of Smart and Mercedes who came up with that lovely sandwich platform for which was originally designed to have batteries in to give you that frontal impact mm. strength without a big long bonnet at the front. Do you think that they're walking around kicking their own backsides like this, going, ah, we were only 10 years too early. If we'd yeah. come up with that now, we'd yeah. be billionaires. Yeah. The future is a difficult beast to predict, isn't it? it? Is. Was it, uh, was it Hy- no, it wasn't Heisenberg. Yeah. I'm not I'm certain if it was him. <laughs> That's my science joke for the day. Uh-huh. Was it Heisenberg? I don't know, I'm not certain. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which famous quantum physicist said, yeah, it's always very hard to make predictions, especially about the future <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's where we should leave it you've been listening to Richard Porter bye bye to Zog goodbye and I'm Gareth and this was season series uh, 13 of Gareth Jones on Speed beginning before your very ears you may have noticed that this is episode 299 which means that the next episode of Gareth Jones on Speed is episode 300 we would like your contributions if you've got anything that you remember over the 300 episodes that we've made of this program that you think is worth talking about or hearing again do let us know email us on speed at garethjones.tv but for now see ya to send us an email see pictures get song lyrics join our Facebook fan site follow us on Twitter or to find out about sponsorship opportunities go to garethjones.tv Niels Bohr that's who it was what? Niels Bohr was the guy who said it's hard to make predictions especially about the future ah, um, so I just had to throw that no no I'm glad we got there in the end Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed <laughs>